When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Talking about albums he don't remember, but albums we'll never forget. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my awesome buddy, Chris Sinzak. I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be a good one today. I'm really excited myself. This, is, this has been a long time coming, kind of, because... These albums have had a big part of Decibel Geek over the years because when we first got together, I think we both really, truly immersed ourselves into Alice Cooper. Yeah, that's true. And so it's been such a big part of the show, and especially this era Mm -hmm. of Alice Cooper. And we'll get into all this today because it's pretty fascinating. But today we're talking about Alice Cooper's blackout era. Yeah. He don't remember. It's It's a really interesting era. I know, obviously... From a personal standpoint, it wasn't his best time, but very creative, very, yeah. um, you know, a lot took a lot of risks on the records he did during this period. It's going to be fun to talk about this stuff today, but before we get to all that, you know us, we got to take care of our business. How do we do that? You know us that well, too. We read our reviews and recommendations from Facebook, from iTunes, from Podchaser, wherever we can get them. We're going to read them. Here's a couple for you right now. This one's awesome. Comes to us from Tim ENT. 
from right here in the good old USA. Goes a little something like this. Your live bands podcast made me realize I never wrote to thank you for the Japanese metal cast last year. It opened my eyes to a whole new segment, especially my current obsession with ex-Japan. These guys are phenomenal. Thanks again for giving me a whole new band to enjoy. By the way, live band, Rammstein. That's mm. a good one. Have you seen footage of the new uh, Rammstein tour? I have not. The pyro is insane. Those guys are good with they've, pyro. They've got these like poles that go out into the audience and shoot off flames. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that uh, Japanese metal show was was pretty fun to do. It's kind of becoming legendary. It has. We talked about this not too long ago about how how we felt about it, how awesome it was to learn all that from Kevin Williams. Mm-hmm. And it truly does. It it doesn't go away. Like there's episodes we've done years ago that we'll never hear about again. Some of them thankfully. But this is <laughs> one true. we're glad that keeps getting brought back up because as much as Kevin was able to turn us on to Japanese metal, the visual K, yeah. he was able to do it for all our listeners too and that's that's what it's all about. That was a fun one. I love it. All right, and we got another one. This one is a Facebook recommendation, and it comes to us from our good friend Scott Stein. We've known him for a while. Yeah, we hung out with him last year at the Expo, and he's coming back again this year. Awesome. I'm excited to see Scott again. Yeah, he was one cool dude. I can't wait to hang out with him again. Yeah. His uh, recommendation says this. Decibel Geek is awesome. Chris and Aaron are great guys. They know how to put on an awesome Expo, and they know how to show the fans a good time. That has been guitar player and that horrendous Kiss podcast that we won't mention have no idea what they're talking about. Liars! I discovered them through Ralph and Ian from the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. I got to experience and participate in the first Rock and Pod Expo last year in Nashville. It was the last, the second one actually. He was so buzzed up he didn't even know. That's such a good time. Got to meet all kinds of cool people and purchase some awesome vinyl. Chris and Aaron were also generous enough to let me come hang out with them. Ralph and Ian at the Decibel Geek headquarters the Sunday after the expo. Shh, that's a secret. You're not supposed to tell people that. Be quiet. (laughs) Hope your liver's recovered. The Illuminati of podcasting. Yeah. I already booked my room for Rockin' Pod, and I'll see you guys in August. Rock on, brothers. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. Scott rules, man. Excited I can't to see wait to see him. So much fun. Very cool. All right, our other people, favorite people, the Geeks of the Week. These are the people that shared on Facebook or retweeted on Twitter last week's conversation with Jeff Scott Soto. Thanks again, Jeff, so much for coming on to the show. It was he great was to awesome, have you. man. Yeah, wonderful stories. And, and thanks to the people that gave us good questions to ask. I yeah. mean, we had some pretty good ones, but yeah. we really had the help of our friends oh, on yeah. that. Listeners submitted um, some amazing questions. Geeks of the Week this week are Victor Ruiz, Ken West, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews, Mike Grabowski, Joseph Capone, Matt Ashcraft, Mike Stewart, Kevin Williams, Gino Ames, David Glenn, Christina Green, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Trevor McDougal, CGCM Podcast, Barefoot Otters. Hmm. Okay, awesome. Jay Shabluski, Ernesto Aguiar, JJ Mack, David Cathy, Eladio, Robin the Hood, Mighty K27, and of course, the, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are the people that shared last week's episode, be it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're sharing it at. And they did that in order to help us get the word out on the streets of the internet to let people know what we got going on here at Decibel Geek and to invite them in to listen to it and become a part of the family that we've all become. Isn't that great? Yeah. I love that. And speaking of the Mooger Fugger, he and Mrs. Fugger will once again be coming to the Rock and Pod Expo. So you can actually meet the Mooger Fugger you in can person. Absolutely meet the Mooger Fugger. How cool is and that? They're both really great people. Yeah, they are. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so excited for Rock and Pod 3. Me too. And be a big announcement that recently came out. 
Dave Ellison is going to join us That's from right. Megadeth. How cool is that? The bass player from Megadeth, all them classic albums. Yep. The guy that's been a metal hero for so many years, he's going to be at Rockin' Pod 3. Yep, along you with... can meet him, hang out with him. I'm sure he's going to be doing some kind of panel up on stage. Oh, yeah. They're going to be him and his partner, Tom, going to do some music business panels. So that'll be cool for the musicians that want to come and check out and learn tips and tricks on how to advance your career and from guys that certainly yeah, know what no they're talking kidding. about. Yeah. And then, of course, as always, you know, Michael Sweet, Brian, Brian from Kicks, who's going to be a upcoming guest on the podcast. That's right. Thanks to everybody that voted on that yeah. for us. Helped us pick the album for Albums Unleashed. Yeah, Midnight Dynamite by Kicks. Should be fun. Yeah. I love that album. Of course, and also Jason Beeler from Saigon Kick, Yvonne from Danzig, Anthony from Tortor, Roxy Blue, Toby Wright's coming back. You know, the list goes on and on. Go to rockandpod.com. Right. Get your ticket there. Go to the ticketing tab and you can get a general admission. You can even get a VIP. You can get a concert ticket for the Rock and Roll Residency show the night before. And the best thing is a two-day thing. So, you know, it's at a hotel and you can get an awesome discounted rate for your room and yes. just stay there on site and hang out with everybody because... Pretty much all the guests are staying at the hotel, so you can right, yeah. you can rub we're, shoulders with a lot of people. We're getting ready to get our room, and the wife said, these rooms are expensive. And I said, no, no. Did you go to rockandpod.com yeah. and go through the link to get you to the discounted rooms? And she said, no. And then she did that and goes, okay, this will work. Yeah. So it's it, a good it's deal. It's true. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's just come and stay on site and hang out with everybody. It's going to be great. Yep. What podcasts are coming? I want to know. We've been talking oh, about the stars for so long. Who's the real stars of the show? Well, you know, this this event doesn't happen without the podcasters, and, and we've got some great ones coming this year. We put the pod in rocking pod. Yeah, we've got several from previous years coming, and we've got some new ones, too. Decibel Geek's going to be there. Of course, we're going to be there. We're always there. Uh, rock and or roll, BJ Cramp. Sweet. Tramps Like Us, the Bruce Springsteen podcast. Right on. Good old Lee McCormick. Uh, rock and Metal Combat are now on board. That's awesome. That's great news. Yeah. Digital- I think I just heard some more tickets sell. Yeah. Digital Kill, the radio stars coming. Right on. That's awesome. Julian Gill from Kiss FAQ. Everybody loves Julian Gill. Can't wait to see him. Uh, I love that song podcast with Brad Page. He's going to come this year, and he, he was a first-timer last year, so I'm excited to have yeah, him that's back. Right. Cool. The Ken Mills Network of Shows. <laughs> um, podcast to the Kiss Room with Matt Porter. Pop, Cheap Talk, and Zilch, the Monkeys podcast. They get their own floor. Yeah, they need one. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, Talk To Me, Josh Toomey's coming back. That's awesome. Hey, Toomey, thanks for the heads up on not being able to hang Rockin' Pod posters all over town. I might have got arrested. Yeah, and I would have had a huge bill. Um, Potter Than Hell recently just signed back up. They're coming back again this year. Good old Steve Wright. Growing Up Rock's coming. They signed up this past week. Love those guys. Sonny Pooney and Steven Michael. I'll be on an upcoming episode of their show where I go head-to-head with Steven with Rock Trivia. Oh, nice. And I'm not going to say how I did. <laughs> um, also, uh, you can tell by the look on uh, your face. Uh, it was a spoiler alert. It was bad. All right. Um, it was a long day. That's my only excuse. Um, also, um, Bill Elam, who's a big podcast super fan, yeah. him and his daughter are starting a show called Fangirl with a Paycheck. So, oh, nice. So they're, they're going to be there as podcasters. That's cool. Also, um, another new one that's coming on board. This is a vendor slash podcast that's coming on board. They're local guys. It's called Bombers and the the, the they have a cl- rock and roll clothing line called Bombers and Sleeves. Okay, and it's really cool rock shirts and stuff. <clears throat> and then they have a podcast called The Bombcast, and they're going right to be on. there as podcasters also. Hey, that's cool. I you like know. that. 
Uh, Bushy and the Mountain Man are coming. Sweet. So, you know, good old Nate Atchison. Finally. Yeah. Well, he was, he was there for year one. He yeah. had to miss year two. He's he's stoked about coming, especially with Dave Ellison on board. He just He's fangirling out over that. I love it. Uh, the I Love It Loudcast is returning. Good old Pete Cicery. Right on. Uh, a live radio show um, called WFMC Jams. They're a Tennessee-based internet radio show. They're going to be coming. Okay, cool. Another show that's... No, you're not a podcast. Uh, <laughs> all content creators are welcome, as long as you rock i'm just teasing and um another one called um the electric crush which is an online radio station a uh, radio show up in uh, pennsylvania they're good friends with matt porter and they're gonna come all the oh, way nice. down and then the recent one we had a hashtag contest for whichever podcast could get the most hashtags from their their listeners like to post pictures with the hashtag rock and pod and the name of the show would win a free platinum package, and that's a show called Totally Driven Entertainment or Totally Driven Radio. Okay. And um, one of the hosts has actually got a wrestling background. He was in the Dudley oh, Brothers. Yeah, that's right. You told me he this. was Chubby Dudley in the Chubby Dudley Brothers. Chubby Dudley back in the ECW. Yeah, ECW. That's right. That's awesome. So that's who we got so far, and I've got a few more that are that are possibly going to be signing up too. But that's a pretty good list so far. The true stars are rocking pod right there. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see everybody. And you know Rock this stars. The, the, the <laughs> I love having rock stars, yeah. but uh, and they and they provide great content for all our friends. Exactly. But uh, the best, and I I went on Stephen and Sonny's show recently, and I just like because they're like, what is your favorite thing about Rock and Pot? It's it's the rock stars are great, the vinyls great, all that stuff, signing sessions and all that, and the panels are cool. It's just the community. It's yes. it's bringing people together. Like, cause you know, it's it's great to do shows on Skype and all that, and and talk on Facebook. But it, nothing can replace real human experience. So right, for sure, getting to bring all these people together, meet each other. You know, and like the first year, and I think this was my favorite memory, was seeing Ken Mills and Gary Schaller meet for the first time yes. after doing podcasts for like 10 years. That's podcasting history. It was right amazing. There. We saw it. And all these, you know, we get people that are listeners that come out to meet shows and then they get inspired and start their own show. Yeah. So there's been a lot and of shows launched just from, just from the, the convention. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's just a great community. And, you know, if, if you're anywhere near Nashville, Come hang out. It's going to be a really good time, and I mean, we'll have we have a lot going on. And and I I I don't think I've ever heard a bad review of it. I no, think everyone never. that ever goes just has a great time. Yep. Never once have I heard anybody complain. That's my favorite thing about it too. Is you just look around. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's yep. laughing. Everybody's having a good time. Everybody's wearing the coolest rock T-shirts. <laughs> you know, and there's something cool going on over here. And whoa, yep. look at that. And whoa, what's this? You know, and whoa, yep. look at that dude. And I can't believe he's here. And whoa, look, they got this album over here, and I'm going to buy it at a good price. And I'm going to walk it over here and this guy is going to autograph yep. it for me and I'm going to hang that on the wall forever, you know? And It's a cool, it's, it's all-encompassing so awesome. rock and roll experience. You and know, this year there's going to be people running around like rock stars. Like yeah, we'll have cosplay some cosplayers. People. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I sure cool. hope somebody does D. Schneider. Well, I don't know if Sarah Jessica Parker's available, but we'll see. Give her a call. <laughs> Book it. My wife gets mad whenever I make that joke. Yeah. Because she likes sex in the city. Oh, and Every yeah. time the intro comes, I'm like, hey, it's D. Schneider. <laughs> She's like, shut up. A twisted sister. Yeah. All right, so that's awesome. So are we ready to talk some of the darkest days of Alice Cooper? Yeah, let's go. All right, so I guess let's start with this. What encompasses what people consider Alice Cooper's blackout era? To me, um, it starts with Flush the Fashion, goes through Dada. It's yeah. a four-album run. Some people like to just do the three after Flush the Fashion, but I, I, I kind of lumped that one in because it was... That was where the wheels started kind of falling off for him. Right, yeah. It was an honest attempt, I think, of doing something new and interesting and taking a different approach. I mean, in this era, in 1980, when this is all going down, I mean, 
I was sitting here when I was doing research and I said, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever seen the video for clones. Oh, I have. And so yeah. I put it on and the first thing I noticed is that, you know, Alice Cooper's kind of unrecognizable. You yeah. Know, you don't look at that guy in that video and say, oh, cool, it's Alice Cooper. There's no eye makeup. That stuff's gone. You know, it's this is 1980 and Alice Cooper's got the jump on Kiss. He's taking off the makeup now. No, he did have makeup. It was just altered. I mean, it, it wasn't like, like the a, classic black no, around no. the eyes with the lines. It was you more know? like a mommy dearest type look. It was, yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> he looked pretty scary, honestly. Right. But a lot of that was because of his physical state at the time well when he started working with bernie toppin for from the inside that's when he started dabbling in cocaine yeah and cocaine kind of just became his life for sure because when you're a guy that all you want to do is drink 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 well there ain't nothing better than cocaine you can drink all day and all night with that shit well i think during the early times during the blackout period i think it was just cocaine i don't think he was drinking quite again but by the time we got to dada he started drinking again. Yeah. So either way, it was bad. We got our picks in order. We're going to each pick our top five, and but we're not going to do them in actual order. We'll just do them as they come up. So here's a great way to kick it off from Flush the Fashion. This is my number three favorite Alice Cooper song of the Blackout era, and it's that song I just talked about, Clones. All 
that video for that song's a trip, man, because he's wearing like the commando hat, and it just that was the thing. I was like, if I didn't know, like if somebody played this for me and didn't say who this is, oh, you wouldn't think it was. Alice I would Cooper. never think it was Alice Cooper. Ever. It's almost like a Gary Newman song. It totally very, is very new wave, but it's got a lot to do with the musicians that play on the album, I think. And what you get on this album is you get Davey Johnson on guitar. And he was like the early 70s Elton John guitarist. This guy is like a multi-instrumentalist, can play just about anything out there. Known for such metal classics as Rocket Man, Crocodile Rock, and Tiny Dancer. But so, I mean, he's coming from Elton John. Then you've got uh, John Cooker Lepresti on bass. And he comes from Melissa Manchester Band. (laughs) Alice was really mixing it up at this time. For sure. He goes on to play with Peter Chris on the Let Me Rock You album. Oh, yeah? Too. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. And then you got Dennis Conway on drums, and he's been Alice Cooper's drummer since like 78. Mm-hmm. He also goes on to play on Peter Chris's Let Me Rock You. Interesting. So two members of this band go on to play with Peter Chris after this. So it's their fault. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I blame Elton John, I guess. And then, yeah, Fred Mandel on the keyboards. Yes, and he's been Alice's go-to guy since like 77, and he'd go on to play keyboards with Pink Floyd on the wall. He played on Queen's The Works. He played on Freddie Mercury's Mr. Bad Guy in 85, his solo album. Mm-hmm. Then he played keyboards on a bunch of Elton John records. Played keyboards for Elton John. How good is this guy? Huh. He's playing keyboards for Elton John. It's like playing drums on a Peter Chris record. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) And then most recently, he played uh, the cover of Smokin' on the Anthrax album for Anthems, the Boston cover. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. He's got a long history in rock. Interesting background. You know, so... Then, of course, you got Roy Thomas Baker as the producer, and that guy made his name with Free on their 1970 album, Fire and Water. That's great. And then he went with Nazareth for a few albums, mm-hmm. and then he did Queen and Queen 2. Yeah. And the three most worked with bands right before Flush the Fashion, Journey, Foreigner, and man, did he love producing the Cars. Yeah, he did most of their stuff at that time. Yes, yeah. and loved it. Like, went and saw them live and was like, I want to produce this band. Yeah. I want to produce Alice Cooper to sound like this well, band. I mean, he's kind of a forerunner of the new wave production style, where it was yeah. like very crisp, a lot of high end, not a lot of bass. You know, and that's, although that's the kind of the, the knock that this album gets from me, is I, I'm not a big fan of Roy Thomas Baker's production on this record. No, uh uh-uh. I think the song, there's a, a lot of good songs on this there's one. There's a lot of good songs on it. But especially Clones. If you hadn't picked Clones, I was going to. But um, but it's just the, the, the tinniness of this album just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Did um, you pick anything off Flush Fashion? I did, and I'm going to play it now. This is, and this is one that... Chuck Garrick, when we interviewed him, we you know we were pressing him to put songs into the set list yeah, from this era. Such nerds. And I remember he said that this was one that they had toyed around with possibly adding. They still haven't, I don't think. This is Grim Facts. Oh, no. 
That song's awesome. I really love this whole album a lot. And for the like, uh, for the most part, like I almost yeah. love every song on it. For the diehards that are going to come back and say, "Yeah, they did play it on this tour," then I'm sorry. I just I don't remember them ever putting it into the set. Yeah. Well, if you want to find out for sure, and I have to remind myself to say this, there's a website called UK Sick Things. Yeah, Sick Things is a great site. dot com slash Alice Cooper. Yep. Mm, so good. Yeah. So packed with amazing information. Whoever did that, man. Kudos to you yeah. because fantastic stuff on there. And I've got some cool stories and some little tidbits and stuff that cool. I found mainly thanks to that site. So if you're a big Alice Cooper fan, oh, you're about to get your mind blown. You got to go check out this site. It's ukcsickthings.com slash Alice Cooper. Yeah, it. it's a great site. It's a great message board, too. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. A, that's a great song. But yeah, Grim Facts is a cool track. And oh, actually, it says Grim Facts was part of a paranormal evening with Alice Cooper in 2018. So there you go. All right. Thanks, See? Wikipedia. Clears I mean, I don't read Wikipedia. <laughs> this album goes number 44 on the U.S. Billboard charts. But, you know, as I said, at the time, you got Pink Floyd, Van Halen, ACDC, Blondie, and Queen. Yeah, it got lost the, in the shuffle. The best things going in rock. And, of course, you got ABBA. That's huge in this time, you know. So, new Alice Cooper album. Eh, you know, the hardcore fans are still getting it. Oh, gets it up to 44. That's not too bad. There was, um, this ain't the only former makeup wearing guy from the 70s that's kind of going on a turn right now as Kiss. This is the year that Unmasked comes out. Yep. So they're kind of going on the same trajectory, different directions, but definitely mm-hmm. the trajectory is down for both these bands. And I think the comparison on this album to me was always like, it's kind of like Kiss Dynasty. Oh, that's their disco album because right. of the one song. Same thing for this, because Clones, as a single, reaches number 40 on the U.S. singles charts, and it goes to number 75 on the U.S. disco charts. Really? There was such a thing back then. 
I always considered it more of a new wave track than a disco yeah. track. It made number 75 on the disco huh. chart. Somebody's dancing to that. That's oh, a, very, it's a danceable it's a song. It's a very danceable song. Yeah. Here's another one. This is one I really like. This is my number five favorite from this era of Alice Cooper. It just goes to show how much I love this album because I've got multiple picks off Flush the Fashion. I'm going to unload on you right now. This is one of my favorite songs. It just reminds me of what it must have been like to be a kid in this era. It's a kind of a weird time capsule song, and it rocks, and I love it. From Flush the Fashion, this is Alice Cooper with Dance Yourself to Death. song off Flush the Fashion. Yeah, and there's more than that. Yeah, there is. I love the whole thing. I got an interesting story for you I found on that website. Before the tour starts for Flush the Fashion, Alice finds out that someone's selling some old White House guard uniforms. I remember hearing about this. He wants, he wants them for his crew members to wear during the tour. So 
The costumes, instead, they end up going to a marching band from some school. So apparently Alice flew out a couple of those band members to throw balloons out during school's out at a show in Los Angeles. Hmm. He couldn't get them himself, so he flies out the kids that want them and say, okay, you got to be a part of my show then. Right. The tour starts out with UK punk rocker Bram Tchaikovsky. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. He's the opener, but eventually he's replaced by an up-and-comer named Billy Squire. <laughs> On August 19th, Alice Cooper cancels a show in Toronto due to illness, causing 13,000-plus fans to riot, and they destroy the Canadian National Exhibition Arena. Mm. The rest of the year, for Alice Cooper, it seems kind of hit and miss. A lot of canceled shows here and there, yeah. a lot of postponed shows. Not real good out on the road. There's a black and white concert of this tour on YouTube. It's the, the picture's awful, but if you want to see a little bit of a representation of that tour, you can find it. Yeah. I think it's a, like a New Jersey show, I believe. Well, and I love this album so much, I got one more pick off okay. of it. This is my number one favorite song from this era of Alice Cooper. This song kind of basically is the theme song for this era of Alice Cooper, I think. It really kind of speaks to what's going on in his life and basically continues to go on in his life for a couple more years. The lyrics are about as clever and insightful as there could ever possibly be. I think it's something that anyone can relate to. Mm -hmm. It's a tune called Pain.
I was the wind inside while Jesus prayed. I was the filthiest word at the vandalized grave. It's a compliment to me to feel you screaming through the night all night tonight. Easily number one would have definitely made my list. Yeah, that and clones easily would have made my list. But you, you beat me album. to the punch on both. And there's a bunch of other great songs on yeah. this album too that I really like. This is the one I had the hardest time picking songs from, but I knew as soon as you brought me the idea that Pain was my number yeah. one. And holy shit, was I blown away when we saw him we here saw in Nashville live. and he played that. It was song. great, and it sounded as great as I expected it. Oh, to. it sounded so good. Yeah, made me feel something inside, something oh. special. Yeah, that was great. Love it. That brings us 1981. Time to start a new tour. The Special Forces Tour. That's going to kick off in June in Concord, California, before the album's even released. Mm. Y&T is the opening act for that first show. Really? But Joe Perry Project and a band called Spider are openers for most of the rest of the tour. Interesting. Yeah. The album sales, you know, they're kind of kind of slumping. This isn't what Alice Cooper's used to, especially after that last one. But, you know, he's not hurting at all for concert attendance. And the religious protests before the concerts... And they're at an all-time high. Mm -mm. Satanic panic era. Yeah, a lot of that stuff going on at Alice Cooper shows. There's a cool little picture on that website where it shows like a pamphlet that people were handing out from that time. Mm -hmm. And it says, Alice Cooper says this, and Alice Cooper says that, and it's quotes from him, you know, and things that he said. It doesn't pain him to be a very nice person. And at the end, you know, it's like, these are song titles, and it's Mm -hmm. like, goes to hell and this yeah. and that you know and it's got like the controversial satanic sounding oh yeah you know alice cooper songs and if you didn't know no better you'd be scared of alice cooper oh but yeah that's still part of the magic even in 1981 yeah, well, yeah i'm sure he enjoyed the publicity he got from that what but do you think of this album i like it a lot um, i'm not a big fan of. This oh really one. no uh-uh. i like i eh, i don't know if i like it better than no i don't like it better than flush the fashion but i do like it um it's up there though. I don't yeah. know. I think it's a good out. It's a Richard Potalor did the production. It was Three Dog Nights producer. That's right. The original Podfather. Yeah. <laughs> that guy had been producing albums since the sixties and uh known for his work with Iron Butterfly, Black Oak, Arkansas, Steppenwolf, and you said it, Three Dog Night. Yeah. Three Dog Night and Alice Cooper. I don't I don't see it. I have a uh sealed vinyl promo radio copy of this album. Oh, nice. Vinyl. Yeah, I found that and uh yeah, I I don't know. I like it. I've always it's it's an adventurous record. Um, it's definitely got its misses, but it does have a few great songs on it. Um, What'd you pick off it? So for this one, and then I'll tell this story because um, one of my main takeaways from this album is the uh, Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder interview yes. that he did on TV, and he he looks fucking frightening in that in that interview and his, his the performance are so he, dilated. He is so high, and also he is is gaunt and skinny. Is, is it, he probably he ever got? He looked yeah. like he was on death's door, literally. Make Keith Richards look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. True, 
I mean, it just, it's funny. He's not dressed up in the horror outfit, but I think this is the scariest that he ever Yeah, did. he's a little more, he's, he's he's scarier than when he was classic Alice Cooper, just because there's an element of danger to oh, it, yeah. because I'm interviewing somebody who's completely fried out of their minds right now, but are still holding it together just enough to make me worry. But it's still amazing how articulate he is yeah. in the interview. It's like, it's just, no matter how fucked up he got, he was always the same guy. Yeah. Like, he's, he never he's really let it show. for sure. Yeah, yeah he's like he's one of the most high-functioning alcoholic and drug addicts I've ever seen. But yeah, so uh, this was the song that was, well, one of the songs that was performed on that show, and I love it. And he's broken it out a couple of times over the years. I think it should be a regular in the set. This is Who Do You Think We Are? Who Do You Think We Are? Yeah, I love that song. Yeah. 
So this album it comes out on September 1st, which is weird because the tour's already been going on. And so what I read was that it's reported that the album was supposed to be called Skeletons in the Closet, but it ends up getting changed to match the title and the theme of the tour. Mm. Because, I mean, that's become a whole thing now, the whole Special Forces thing. Because the band's dressing up like military yeah. guys and all that stuff. And uh, the album only reaches 125 on the U.S. Mm. album charts. And by mid-November... It's already off yeah. completely. Like just weeks later, it barely makes it, and then it's gone. But he had a great band behind him, so I mean, things didn't go so good on this one. But he had Danny Johnson on guitar. He came from Rick Derringer and had played a little with Rod Stewart. Then he got Mike Panera on guitar, and he was in a band called Blues Image. They had a song called "Ride Captain Ride." Oh, I remember that on song. On my mystery ship, and then he uh, started a sandwich restaurant. Did he really? Yeah, Panera. Panera. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> then you got Eric Scott on bass. He's Wisconsin's very own yeah. Eric Scott on he, bass. Eric Scott was kind of the musical director during that period. Yeah, yeah. He ends up putting him in charge of producing compilation albums for him for like many years to yeah. come beyond this. Yeah, he kind of held things together during Then you that got time. another Wisconsin boy, Craig Cramp on drums. And he yeah. had previously played four songs on Paul, Paul Stanley's, Stanley's 1978 solo. solo album. Met him at the NAMM show in Nashville a long time ago. Nice. Yep. Should maybe try to get him on the show. Yeah, I sometime. think he still lives here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He'd go on to play on a bunch of different albums, including Steve Perry's solo album, and he was a co writer on the song Oh Sherry. So, See? Isn't that weird? It's crazy how small a world it is. Uh-huh. We were just talking VIPs about one of the other talking about. On that song. Crazy. We were just talking about that song in a completely different context with our Chris and Aaron show VIPs. So if yeah. you're not one, become one. Yeah, go to Patreon. And get all the inside information. So what's your overall view on this record? Don't really like it. Yeah. I don't really like most of the stuff on it. Um, I'm a way bigger fan of Flush the Fashion. Mm-hmm. I think out of the four of these, this one comes one, two, in third place. Okay. This one comes in third place. But there is a song on here I really, really like a lot. And that one's called You Look Good in Rags.
Good classic kind of hard rocking, yeah. more of an Alice Cooper kind of stuff that I dig. His the cover of uh, Seven and Seven Is is such a bizarre song. He even he did a video for that one too. Have you seen the video for that? Sometimes these things are just a little too artsy fartsy for me. But have you seen the video for no, Seven uh-uh. and Seven Is? It's, it's weird. He's like he's like. See, that's funny because I was looking at this going, well, clearly they didn't make videos for any of these. Songs. Oh yeah, they did. Wow. And the, the video is really bizarre. He's like boxing and stuff. It's it's just a weird video. But... Oh, is that the one where he's on the bus? Yeah. Then I did see that yeah. that is weird yeah everything about this era is weird but it's it's again you look fascinating at it and it's not alice cooper no. you know you you don't see the alice cooper that you knew from the years before again this is him dissociating himself with himself mm-hmm. to become something new and try a different way because the other one just kind of petered out and that happens to the best of these bands sometimes yeah i got a story for you you're gonna love this so in 1981 right here in good old nashville tennessee Willie Nelson has been booked to headline the Tennessee State Fairgrounds, but he's got to pull out due to illness. The promoters replace him with Alice Cooper. (laughs) They're fearful that he won't draw the Nashville crowd that Willie would have, so strategically they perpetuate a rumor that the Rolling Stones are going to make a surprise appearance. They even go as far as booking local hotel rooms in the names of the band members. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're all about it. So a reporter from the Tennessean newspaper polled attendees on their way into the show and found about a half-half split between people actually coming to see Alice Cooper and people who bought tickets expecting to see the Stones. So they didn't announce Alice? Yeah, no, Alice was announced. But then they started a rumor on the side that the Stones, that the are, gonna Stones are gonna show up, like either before or after, oh, or maybe wow. during or something. That's why. And there crazy. were people going, No, I'm here to see the Stones. You know, I've been told that they're showing up here tonight. And they said they even had the DJ go up on when for introducing the bands, like, Oh yeah, we got Alice Cooper here tonight, and who knows who else. And so the reporter tracked him down and said why'd you say that and he's like well the promoters wanted me to say it i don't really think the stones are here and so this all went on right here in nashville in 1981 but the coolest thing about it was at the end of the article the reporter noted that it didn't really matter at the end of the show because alice cooper won him over he totally won everybody oh that's cool yeah i'd never heard that story i never did either that's interesting Maybe I should perpetuate a rumor that Metallica is coming to the Rock and Pod Expo. <laughs> <laughs> Sell a couple extra rooms, just yeah. put them in their names. Yeah. Well, Beavis and Butthead did it. Remember that? Like, oh, yeah. like, We're going to play a show, and the marquee says Metallica, and like thousands of people show up, and it's like, uh, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that pretty much brings us up to 1982. Yeah, so now we're up to probably... I know the next album, a lot of people consider the weirdest, but I think this one is the, is the strangest of, of the Blackout Era albums. Yeah, this is my least favorite, for sure. Is it? Yeah. 
So this is Zipper Catch's skin. From our memory of talking with Dick Wagner, I think he was brought in to kind of try to save this record because they were working on it. And Alice was such a mess on cocaine. Like everybody was freebasing. Yeah. That was his thing. I think Dick told us a story about how he had it on a chair behind a curtain. Yeah. And so like he's back there, everybody's going and taking hits off the crack pipe. Yeah. But like acting like everything's okay and nothing's wrong. And he's like, I see you guys behind that curtain. I know I'm not yep. stupid. Yeah. It's funny that 82 is only his seventh solo album, but I guess that makes sense. But uh, I guess if that doesn't count the, the original Alice Cooper, band, that's true. Yeah. But uh bizarre record, one that I can't totally get on board with uh, to this day. And it's one like cheap tricks. The doctor, it's one of those, like once a year I put it on just to convince just to myself it. if it's good and it never works. It's just, there's a couple of moments that are good, but I like the song. I like girls a little bit, kind of. You know, that's still kind of just a regular rock and tune. There's, there's um, again, this one is just for me. It's, well, it's really artsy fartsy. There's some really weird stuff on here that I don't know if they're even songs. Half of them, you know, this is like a like a Zappa record or something. I just I can't get into it. I didn't pick anything off a of zipper catches skin. Oh really? Nope. Oh, I've nothing. got something off of here. Let's go ahead and do that. I, and I we'll talk my more about the album. Flush the fashion. I well, got nothing left. I don't know. I like a handful of songs off this. I think Zorro's Ascent is cool. I think uh, I'm the Future is an interesting song. Yeah. Um, it also was I the make that money. It, well, I am the Future was the theme song for a uh, movie called Class of '84. Yeah. Was a, it'd be too much of a compliment to call it a B movie. It's like a D movie. Yeah. It's, and have you ever seen it? No. It's about a guy who's uh he's like a substitute teacher and he comes to this high school and like all the he ends up having to duke it out with all the punk kids and that are there and all yeah. these the jocks and the assholes and the gangsters paradise like they, that, like there's a scene where they try to rape the guy's wife and it's yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's really fucked up. Um there's a lot of stuff in that movie that wouldn't fly today, but it's a terrible movie. Um but that's like I am the future gets played like four times throughout the movie. Huh. It just it's like it's like a thread going through the whole thing. I don't know why that song was picked. And then there's also a funny um, TV commercial for this record on YouTube you can watch. Where oh, with these Alice in goes into a bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to check that out. That's pretty wild. That's good. But like Zora's Ascent, I Am the Future are two of the highlights for me. But uh, the one that I wanted to pick, just because I think it's funny, and it was actually written um, with Patty Donahoe, who was the singer of the band The Waitresses. I don't know if you remember them. It's a funny little tune called No Baloney Homo Sapiens.
I guess that one ain't too bad. It's more of a comedy song than yeah. anything, I think. But Alice uh, is good at that stuff sometimes. But I like that one. I don't know. I, I like all the records just to a different degree. Yeah. But they're just bizarre. And then as far as this one, I mean, he does kind of what Kiss did in 80 when they were slumping in the United States. They went to Australia where they were beloved. And Alice Cooper heads to Europe where he hasn't been in a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And one thing I was watching on YouTube was this video from the UK where he's getting interviewed by this British dude. And again, you know, you can see how just fried he is. But yet he's got it so together. He is like the definition of a functioning (laughs) alcoholic or drug addict at that time. Because, like you said, the way he talks and you can see the wheels are rolling in his mind, Mm -hmm. you know, it is like, you know, he's so high right now. But you just can't tell it, you know, unless you look at his giant eyeballs. Right. But yeah, he's got it together, even though you know he's completely wasted. Yeah, he just he he looks so bad during this time, and I don't know. It's just interesting to look back. I wish there was more documentation of this stuff. I, w- yeah. I mean, obviously, I wish he remembered more of it. But there's even there's not even a lot on you know TV stuff on YouTube from this time. It's there's very not. very little. Yeah, see, even with my research, I found quite a bit of cool stuff over the first couple albums yeah. we talked about here today, but now it just sort of drops off. It definitely drops, especially for the next one. Yeah, There's because after that there. European tour, I think Alice just kind of goes home and yeah. stays there. Yeah, he goes back to Phoenix and huddles in his house and just does drugs all the time. Yeah. And, uh, but he owes Warner Brothers another album. Yeah, even though Warner's have pretty much given up on him at that point, yeah. but they want him to fulfill the contract. But So then... Uh, so they get Bob Ezrin. 
Yeah. Bob Ezrin calls Dick Wagner. Bob Ezrin says, we got to record this thing in Toronto. I'm not going down to Phoenix. And Alice Cooper's like, I'm not leaving this room right. unless it's to get more drugs. And then I'm going back to that room. <laughs> and then that's it. So he sends Dick Wagner down to Phoenix to basically talk Alice Cooper into going to Toronto. And he does it. It took days. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It was like trying to get a, a frightened animal out of hiding. You know, Dick was like, I'd, I'd sit out there in the living room with a guitar and he'd come in and he'd look and then he'd go back. And then like each day he got a little closer to wanting to work again. Yeah, yeah. But just that tells you the fragile state that he was in at the time. It's like a, as articulate and smart and witty as he is in interviews, it just seems like from what Dick told us, he was in a really bad place yeah. to where I think he had almost given up on life at that point. Right. You know, and Dick never really went into the details of what they talked about, but he told us about how, you know, that time spent with him in Phoenix before they go to Toronto is some of the, it's like the closest that he ever got to Alice Cooper yeah. because they were able to able to talk and share some of their, you know, shared experiences through different, you know, they, they're both rock musicians, you know, yeah. they've both had, you know, drugs and alcohol and girls and all the things that come along with it in, in the seventies and the eighties. And, and Dick, Alice fall in some way that could relate. And mm-hmm. so I think it made him feel safe, made him feel comfortable. And then, on top of it all, you got one of the greatest guitar players ever sitting on your yeah. couch, and he's out there playing stuff, and you want to write deep down. You know Alice Cooper wants to create stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they decided that, you know, Warner Brothers is not going to push this album. No. We're only releasing it because we're contractually obligated to. And so let's go do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. That's and what it they actually did. turns out to be kind of a magical thing. It is. I think it's, you know, it's if you're looking for 18 schools out, Alice Cooper, you're not going to get it. No. But, but I think for that time where his mental state was at that time and but I love the the braveness of it because it it like the other three albums you can hear him kind of chasing trends. Exactly. This one he is not chasing no. any trend at all. He uh-uh. just made the album that he wanted to make. In that moment. Yeah, in that moment. And it's it that's why it has its own at- timeless atmosphere. Like you hear it now and it doesn't sound like something made in nineteen eighty three to me. It sounds almost otherworldly when I listen totally. to it. Yeah, it's exactly. Just... You can never listen to this album and say, oh, that must have came out in the 80s or, oh, that must have been a 70s album. It doesn't fit anywhere with anything ever no. except it's magical and it's awesome. Yeah. And you know, the number one source to get information from this <laughs> yeah. is our interview with Dick Wagner. He laid everything out there to his recollection of the whole making of this from getting Alice out of the house to writing the songs to recording it all the gear they use they use the fairlight you know the synthesizer and or fairlight drums i think is what it was yeah and then drummed over the top of yeah it for real yeah and um about you know the difficulty of having to work with bob ezrin even though yes. he's a genius yeah um but yeah if you go to the albums unleashed data episode with dick wagner i think you'll get a true crash course in this record and and it was mind-blowing for us you know we had high hopes that it would be good um but it it well exceeded our expectations i remember walking out of that because that was the very first albums unleashed that we ever did was alice cooper's dot was that the first that one was the very first oh, i didn't one. realize that. we created it as an excuse to get dick wagner back on the show yeah. and then it became wow what it became. i didn't even i didn't you know? realize that and uh I was listening to a little bit of it today, yeah. and I kind of had to shed a tear a little bit. Yeah, because I can't really listen to it anymore. I still, you know, and I haven't listened to it in forever, but it was cool to go back and hear it again after all this time. Yeah. And man, it hits you hard, because yeah. it was a guy that, 
I mean, he was such a huge part of rock history. I mean, mm-hmm. he played with Kiss. He played on Destroyer, you know, yeah. and then he played on all these Alice Cooper albums, Welcome to My Nightmare, all played the way on up Aerosmith. to Dada, Aerosmith, you know, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And, you know, amazing solo career, too. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to some of them, them solo Dick Wagner albums yep. and the Frost from back in yep. the day, you know, some good Detroit rock. Yeah. And we got to meet him. We got to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. And it was something really, really special to talk about this album because to him, who comes around asking about Dada? And the fact that he was so proud of the album and never really yes. got a chance to expand other than in his book is great. Check yes, out his book. Definitely. Cause there's a lot book. in there on that book, but not only women bleed, not only women bleed, but, um, but Those he, the CD, he seemed like genuinely happy that, that we were as enthusiastic about it. Yeah. And it just kind of helped him just dredge up a lot of stuff he hadn't thought about in a very long time. And, uh, he, even he got emotional during the recording of it. And that, um, that took us off guard. It was one of those things where like, he was nice to us on the phone call episode we did. But then when we made him, I think we all, I think every, us and our friends who are around, we all just fell in love with the guy. Yes. I mean, he's just, he was just such a sweet man. And, um, I hate that he's gone, but I'm so glad we got, to spend some time with him at the time because, you know, it's just the, of all the guests we've had, he's definitely up there at the top. I mean, he just of great interaction that we've had with somebody we've interviewed for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. A little bond was formed that day. Was you great. could feel it. It was, there was something magic about that yeah. too. There's something magic about this whole album and everything involved in it. And if you can even sit down and listen to it, just turn the lights down low, put some candles oh, on or something. Track one will scare the put hell on out some of you. Nice headphones <laughs> and just, you know, let it take you somewhere. Cause yeah. it, it might scare you a little, but it's definitely worth the ride. I know you must have a couple of picks off. This I do. One. Yeah, um, and I preface this, Pass the Gun Around would have been my number one for this whole era, but we played it a couple of weeks ago, right. so I want to also... Funny. I knew that when yeah. I saw that. Well, Chris just played his number well, one favorite Alice Cooper song. I want to showcase a couple of other songs, and my first one is going to showcase the gr- the great wittiness of Alice's lyrics. The music is great on this song. Dick does a great job on the guitar parts, but the, the main focus for me is just the hilarity in some of these lyrics it's i mean who else sings about being a shopping mall santa in atlanta i love it uh, it's I just love such it so a, much. who would have come up with that other than alice cooper it's a story song and yeah, i like it i love this and it's my number five from the blackout era this is no man's land i got a job in atlanta in a mall playing santa not because of any time but because i was the only one to see Shopping little sticky kids were hopping on my lap with the fingers in my beard. I guess they thought that I was really good. She sat down on my lap and said to me, I'm 23 and I need someone. You look like someone who can play with me. Trying to block the door, they were calling her a whore. They were driven to the till insanity. 
drove away in a Mercedes Benz Dirty blinds split into the breeze She said I wanna put you under my tree You're just a little gift from me to me Cause I'm his lyrics are yeah. and how poetic he is when he puts them together over these awesome songs. Yeah, that's a great song. It's about the girl just picking up, up out of the mall and taking off with him. You know, it's just awesome. It's wild. I would just so love to have been a fly on the wall when all this was getting put together. Those three, yeah. you know, those three masters of their art making something like this happen. And the beauty of it that there's no pressure. They're not trying to write a hit single. Yeah. Not even close. And I think from what Dick told us, they had a blast actually making this because it was it was truly free. from the heart, you yes. know, and they didn't, yeah, they, the record company didn't give a shit. And that's so. what makes this album so special, I think, is the fact that, like you said, the last few, yeah, he's chasing some trends yeah. on that stuff. He's trying to kind of be something that he's not. Mm. And this one, he ain't got nothing to lose. Right. He don't care. As a matter of fact, he's kind of being a jerk about it. You know, <laughs> he's kind of sticking it in the face of Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah. Saying, you know, hey, good luck with this even though I know you're not going to do nothing with it anyway. Right. This is one of my all-time favorite Alice Cooper songs. I love the conversation and the stories <laughs> Dick Wagner told us about this one. This song is actually about two super sexy Toronto waitresses that wanted to spend a little time with Alice Cooper and Dick Wagner, but they did not. What they did get was a song written about them in kind of a roundabout way. They might have been horrified, but you're going to love it. From Dada, this is Scarlet and Sheba. Shit. 
favorite Alice Cooper song of the Blackout era. That's the one I always hound Chuck Garrick to put yeah, in the Yeah, but, that's funny. It, but it sounds so damn good that's live. That's so funny. We are such nerds like that. <laughs> Every time we see Chuck Garrick, we bug that's him what about we do. It. We bug him about that. Put Scarlet and Sheba in the set Because you could list. even have dancers come out. so good live. Yeah. You could make it a real show. Yes. It would be so freaking... I want to start an Alice Cooper tribute band just so I can put that song on stage. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how strongly I believe in that song. Somebody out there listening to this knows Alice Cooper. You tell him that Chris and Aaron said, please oh, put Scarlet and Sheba in the playlist. Of all the songs from the Blackout era, I think that one would translate the best live. I think so, too. Because like you said, you could do something with it. You could have Scarlet and Sheba. You yep. could have one dressed in black and one dressed yeah. in white. You know, one's evil and one's yeah, nice. I just, you know, and, it makes, or are they... You know, although maybe there's hope, you know, he's brought pain back in, you know, yes. into the set list, you know, so, you know, maybe he's going to be more open over time. He's going back, he listens to him like, this is really good. Who wrote this? You did. That song oh, wow. would be so great live. Yeah. Especially with his current band playing it. Yes. I would love that, man. Do it, Alice. Come on, please. So I guess the last one is for me, right? Yes. Okay. And it is, it's number one on my list. So that makes sense, right? Perfect. So before we finish, but yeah, Dada, just wow. I mean, and I, I know we spent, I knew we would spend more time on Dada yeah. than we did anything else. Because it means so much more yeah. to us. Yeah. You know, what's funny is when we did that album's Unleashed, I never listened to it. I had to order it then and there so I could know something about it. Because like you said, there wasn't nothing we could really read online. Mm -mm. And the interview we did was based off of like one article that you had well, found. We found a, a guy, it was called ultimateguitar.com, I think. Um, I can't remember his name, so forgive me. But um, he, Well, it's in the archive. Yeah, he did a long... 137. It was a long, basically, a theory on right. what he thought the concept of the album was. And it's cool because with an album like this, and it's just like Dick Wagner said, you'd present to him one of these theories and you'd go... Eh, could be. Yeah, he some stuff he was like, no, definitely not. But, yeah. But there was other stuff where he was like, eh, maybe, that might be a little true. Up to interpretation, because some yeah. of this stuff is pretty wide open. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, and there's, you know, there's the Sonny character that lives through the whole yeah. album. And so... I, th I still think it's about it. Well, and Dick kind of told us it's basically based on a character named Sonny who has multiple personalities. Right. So that's... um. And even in No Man's Land, there's that song, you know, she'd have to, something like she'd have to get used to all three of me or right, something yeah, like that. So three or four, something like there's that. There's references throughout about multiple personalities. And there's, again, so many great songs on this album, too. There's other ones that we're not picking here today that easily we could. Oh, you sure. Know? There, I mean, the I Love America yeah. is a great song. I play I that every that 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be playing it next week. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, so I'm going to go dyslexia. out. Dyslexia. Always oh, like yeah, dyslexia. dyslexia. That's a weird song, too. Yeah, it's it, but it's one of those smart songs. And Fresh Blood. I've used that. Oh, Fresh Blood. I've used so that cool. as the theme song for Fresh Blood on several yeah. episodes. So these albums really, when other people are going, yeah, 18 and school's out, mm -hmm. we're going, you know, Scarlet and Sheba. Yeah. Yeah. We're those weird guys in the corner. But uh, so I, I'm going to go out with the song. And, this, and as Dick told us when we uh, talked to him, uh, this song was a definite pointed shot at Warner Brother, Warner Brothers Records. But yes. what makes me love it so much is this. I think this song could have fit in on Goes to Hell or Welcome to My Nightmare because it oh, does totally. have the early solo Alice Cooper vibe to it. And it's just kind of a little creepy sounding song, but it's so well written and it's so well performed. This is Formerly Warmer from Dada, and we'll see you next week. God bless Dick Wagner.
mops and brooms Keep him company Misconceived Of the family sports fans there's only one sports book in the great state of maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers bet fred sportsbook at long shots is now open and is the only sports book in frederick offering cash betting on football basketball world soccer and more visit the bet fred sportsbook at i-270 and md85 in frederick right next to long shots off track betting go to betfredsports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise must be 21 or older play responsibly for help call 1-800-GAMBLER 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.